0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast. For Thursday, August the 4th, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Today is another AMA episode. That is, ask me anything. I love to answer your questions. And if you have a question you think is gonna be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Today's question comes from Cody, who asks, I've assembled several adjacent acres consisting of multiple property types in a prime area. What's your experience with this? Is it better to develop the land complete and sell the lots or pads, or to sell the assembled package to a developer? I have more land banking experience than land developing experience. But how hard can it be, and is it worth it? Well, Cody, this is a great question. I'm going to answer your question, in fact, with a series of questions. It's the answer to those questions that will ultimately help answer your question. The key to answering your question is to understand the supply and demand characteristics in the immediate area. I'll lead you through the types of questions we would ask ourselves when we're faced with a similar situation. It's a very common question in the realm of land development. The first question is whether the land is going to be more useful as an assembly or as individual parcels that have been carved up to match the new use for the land. There's several factors to consider. Number one, What's the current zoning? Do you have an economically viable product that you could build today by right, meaning with the existing zoning? If you have a viable project by right, then at least you have a solid plan B if plan A doesn't succeed through the rezoning process. Have you consulted with the city to see what's in their official plan? What new products does the community truly need based on that official plan? Even if your proposal doesn't match the existing historic zoning, It's likely to be approved if it's in line with the official plan. Number two, look at the surrounding neighborhood. Is the area residential or commercial? Are you on a side street or an arterial main street? You want to make sure the product you design is in keeping with the character of the street in order for it to succeed commercially. Does the land's dimensions lend itself to building the kind of product you want to build? Do the city's setbacks from the street still make your proposed project viable? Number three, you want to consider parking. Parking is always a limiting factor in almost every project. The city will have a ratio of parking that they would like to see based on density and use. That doesn't mean the city has it right from a commercial standpoint. You also want to pay attention to what the market truly demands. But let's assume for the moment that the city's ratios are correct. For office space, you might need one parking space for every 300 square feet of office space. That's almost a one-to-one ratio. For every square foot of office space, you nearly have the equivalent area in parking. Some cities are fine with lower parking ratios because they have strong public transit infrastructure. Others will require parking ratios in excess of two parking spaces for every residential dwelling unit. So you definitely want to understand the parking requirements. Number four, you want to look at density. How many gross units per acre are you looking to achieve? Single-family homes might be four units an acre. Townhouses could be 12 units an acre. Apartments if you're building garden style, could be 22 units an acre. You could even go higher density with underground structured parking and a mid-rise or high-rise building. You want to look at what is the ideal density for that particular neighborhood. Number five, you want to look at community support and the demand for certain product types. Does the city's infrastructure have the capacity to handle the increased load on the water infrastructure, the sewer, roads, and schools? If not, you might be required to find improvements to some of those infrastructure pieces before your project becomes viable. Number six, are you looking to build a single product on the land or a series of products? That in part is going to help you determine whether the project is more valuable as an assembly or carved up into a new subdivision. Number seven, are there other examples of successful projects like the one you're contemplating? If you're going to be blazing a trail in terms of entitlements, chances are high that you're going to fail. Use those existing successful examples as a guide. Now, when we look at a project, we always use a technique called residual land value analysis. That starts with the finished product in mind. We analyze the desired density. We look at what that product will be valued at when it's finished. From there, we subtract the required profit margin to justify the risk. And from there, we subtract the construction costs, the soft costs, any reserves. And what's left is what we can afford to pay for the land. Basically, all developers' calculators work the same way when it comes to performing this kind of analysis. Some developers might be willing to take more risk than others, but in all cases, we're performing the same analysis. If you want to exit the land before taking it through the phase of vertical construction, then you want to have a pretty good idea of who your customers are going to be for the land. What will they require to go vertical with their construction? Some builders want shovel-ready lots where all of the infrastructure is already in place. They don't want to build any roads or put in any of the underground infrastructure. Other builders, on the other hand, are perfectly fine performing the horizontal construction. That is, putting in all the utilities, building the roads before they start constructing any structures. Now, I'm a believer in the notion of knowing your customers. Even if you have no intention of building the vertical structures, You want to be able to perform the same math, the same analysis that the buyer of the developed land is going to perform. You need to know their numbers and know that their numbers will work for them. Because if the numbers don't work for the buyer, then you have a project that's stranded with no exit strategy. So you'll want to get some quotes or at least some estimates for that horizontal construction as well as for the vertical construction. Now, of course, these costs are going to vary with the final design, but you can still get close enough to know whether the project's going to be viable even if you're not the one to build it. So hopefully, Cody, answering these questions will help answer your question. I want to thank you for a fantastic question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.